Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today, we have on an amazing guest. I mean, no, we always are. Let's be real. So today, we have on, or whenever the hell you're listening, Mary San Giovanni is on the show. Mary is a horror book writer, as well as comics, and boy, oh boy, do we get into about writing, equality in writing for men and women, and of course, writing alien novels with the xenomorphs, you know, the wah-wah sort of thing. You go, as I say, or as my wife does sometimes. Uh, so got that. And then, of course, you know, Marvel Zombies as well. All sorts of things. DC Horror Book and some more stuff along the pipeline we'd actually talk about today. So we do a deep dive discussion, like I said. Motivate, uh, equality in writing, motivation in writing, as well as creatives, inspiration, stuff you guys should really listen to here. Uh, we talk about deep diving as a comic book writer, what it's like, and much, much more as we discuss our lives as comic writers. And, of course, folks, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, pod, comicchronicle.podbean.com, or whatever third-party apps you guys are using be sure to subscribe. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe for more of this shit and also the dinosaur content. Me Too Page is Dakota Morgan. Social media, guys, is going to be down in the links below, but Instagram is at Dakota underscore Morgan 97, and X or Triple X, a.k.a. old Twitter, is at Dakota Morgan 3. And Twitch, CodaRex97. If you want to catch me play video games, so all over the place here, folks, with content for you of comics, dinosaur stuff, all sorts of jazz here. And I'm so excited about this episode. Be sure to check out all of Mary's work upcoming and previous as well. Stay tuned for more stuff. Be sure to check her out on all her places she's going to mention at the end of the episode. Thanks, guys. Now let's get into my talk with Mary. <laughs> That's totally fine. Oh, trust me. I, there's been some people who are like, I'm going through a remodel, and I've had people honestly say, I can't do video. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And they're like, yeah, I just have underwear all over my office. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. I have all kinds of crafts. I'm trying to redo my office and fit all my crafting stuff and my writing stuff and everything. And it it looks like a bomb hit. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's <laughs> well, crazy. I, I did say I had it ready to go. I did move everything to the left in my office. So everything. <laughs> it's all like if you turn the camera, it's over. Like it looks like an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> it's, it's over on that point. Oh, the power of not being able to be home. <laughs> All right. But um, I do got to say, Mary, is welcome to the show. It is an honor to have you here today. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you inviting me. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Um, and I do got to make it clear, too. I know I said it in emails and such, too, but this is like some people do ask during the show. This is a very laid back, uncensored show, so you can say whatever you like. Great. <laughs> yes. Uh, kind of getting into it here, though. So I got to say is that there's something about writers like yourself here. Uh, I'm a guy who's not been, I've delved into writing for film, but I've never been able to do horror kind of stuff like that and kind of the dark sort of thing. But I got to say, folks like yourself who get to write like Xenomorph Aliens and everything like that, like you guys are like the best writers, I swear, because you're the most fun. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had so much fun doing that. It was it was it was really a, a, a cool opportunity. They were uh, Titan is the one who owns the license to the alien and I think to Predator now. And they were looking for, you know, more women writers to do you know, some of their media tie in work. And uh, I was honored that they let me do it. It was so much fun. Uh, just even the research for doing the alien novel was so much fun mm -hmm. because they give you everything you could possibly ever need to know, timelines and 
you know, character histories for everybody who's in canon in that universe and videos about, you know, who owns, you know, which parts of the galaxy. And yeah, there's was, a lot. I think great. people underestimate how much canon is in the alien universe. Oh, like, definitely. Oh, my Lord. I'm a roommate and good friend, Steve. Shout out to you, Steve. Is like there's we we love the alien movies. We love it so much. And I've been reading the Marvel comics as well. And like there's so many novels I'm slowly catching up on. But even the comics, like they're insane. Like there's just so much to it. And those are they're all they're all canon. Like is everything canon? Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah, oh. they've made a concerted effort. My understanding is um, it doesn't go as back as, like, say, the Alan Dean Foster books, but mm. uh, but they are making a concerted effort to make as much as possible within canon across the movies, the video games, the comic books, mm -hmm. and the upcoming television show. So yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. It was, it was nice to work within that framework and know that what I was writing is actually contributing to official canon in the alien universe. That that's, was, I think probably the biggest thrill. That's gotta be wild to contribute to something like that. I mean, it's insane because you know, like maybe someday this could be turned into something. Cause you never know like right. what could be brought to life from a novel. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of cool that I have my little, my little stamp on that, that piece of, history of uh such a such a, a cool franchise that i love you know yeah were you a big fan before i mean you can be honest if you don't want to say for sure because you want more alien books it's fine <laughs> but were you a fan before the books or oh i was you... oh you I, were okay I good, absolutely good. was um alien i think was not the first horror movie i ever saw but it was definitely one of the first it was sort of that my my father is a huge science fiction fan Ooh. and he used to um, basically school me in science fiction as a kid. And I think as I showed more of an interest in anything with aliens, anything sort of dark, you know, he ushered me in that general direction toward alien. And he said, well, if you like aliens and you like scary stuff, he said, this is an absolute must see kind of movie. And I was just, I was just hooked. I thought uh, it was a pretty perfect blend of, See, it's it's interesting. The first Alien movie mm -hmm. is a horror movie, in my yes. opinion. Yeah. The second one is an action movie, I think. Uh, um, it has wrong. horrific elements, but it's yeah. a different approach to it. Yeah. And what they wanted for the book was both, which sometimes oh. can be at odds with each other. You know? Yeah, like, um, how do you go from, like, Terminator? Like, it's trying to make Terminator with the stick, I guess, in the time-wise. Time but, like, you got Terminator and turn it into a horror. It's possible. Exactly. It's very possible. And I, this is going to be very interesting to hear the word horror on here because my Midwestern accent makes me sound like I'm saying horror. And I'm not trying to, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's really trying to make that clear. I have to make that clear. My wife gives me shit about it all the time. <laughs> She's like, what? Horror? I'm like, yes. Let me know. <laughs> I do have a funny story about that, actually. We'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where that's going to go, but all right. I'm excited for that one. Uh, <laughs> so many ways. Oh, God. Uh, also, to make it clear, you may hear it. My cat, Pedro, has been going nuts in the office right now. He's in the office bedroom, and I can't let him out because he's just going to want to get back in. So if you hear any oh. weird sounds, that is Pedro. He's like a 12, 13-year-old cat with no teeth. He's like, Father, oh, what are you doing, Father? 
It's all good. We have five cats here, oh, and wow. we're actually puppy sitting, so Ooh. it's a uh, menagerie. It's a it's it, and it's constant animal chaos here. But oh, but we thrive. We thrive in animal chaos. So yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I, I, I've got a big background in animal caretaking because I used to work as a crocodile keeper, uh, zookeeper, like oh, for cool. big wildlife animal cop or like a whole bunch of different things oh yeah oh yeah no, animals are my forte when i'm not writing comics or film i work with animals and it's a weird life but it works but now if if, if i can interview you for a second yeah. do you find watching like i guess creature feature type stuff like animal mm -hmm. horror insulting because animals don't behave like that or because no i grew up with that guy. stuff i still love it i like i have my cocaine bear still on my list to watch <laughs> oh no that's still there and i still gotta sit nice. down and have a beer and watch that <laughs> oh no i love oh i got like betty white and lake placid i feel like that yes. contributed to my love for crocodilians i really did so no <laughs> those are not there are zookeepers who i know that do find that insulting uh, even yeah. my wife who's a zookeeper she loves them still too and we we definitely she knows someone she's like why but like, <laughs> so she's she's kind of got them on tv a little bit there but yeah it's it, you know they're they're great they're absolutely wonderful i i do i do enjoy them although sometimes i wonder like the people who study sharks for a living mm -hmm. um between shark week and this sort of proliferation of weird shark horror movies you know like ouija shark and you know, house shark and yeah. tornado shark. And yeah. you wonder like what the shark people must think. What yeah. Is Octo role? shark versus <laughs> right? mega snake. And I like, you know, power to you filmmakers for getting it done. But I, mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gotta be insane. I couldn't even, I, I'm used to it. Cause I used to do when I was uh, in high school, I did paleontology program for a while. And cause I love dinosaurs when I, and you want to talk about animals that are misrepresented in media. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. And I'm like, oh, the science. And people are like, sacrilege. We don't need science. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I think the 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 jumping of the shark literally and, and, and metaphorically for me with those kind of movies was shark side of the moon. I don't even know oh. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? If, if you've never seen it and... You want to kill both brain cells in about an hour and a half of time oh. that you will never get back. <laughs> it's oh. it's it's something that not just bends the rules of science, but okay. folds them into little paper, paper airplanes and just sails them out the window. I thought, like science does not exist there. Oh, I thought the iron sky of Nazis on the moon would like break me on the moon <laughs> stuff with that. But no, that did it right there. Oh my god! You know, there's there's those writers out there who I wonder if it's just like, all right, guys, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna have a drink, we're gonna have a bowl, and yeah, and then we're you know we'll just make it clear, and we're gonna just come up with ideas, and we're gonna fucking do this, and we're gonna make a millions, and then they don't make millions, they make ten dollars, but right. <laughs> you know, but you still get it made. And I'm wondering, as a guy who makes a bunch of stuff, where these people are pitching these ideas that get made? Like, where is this yeah. happening? Exactly. Exactly. I, just, I would like, how are you raising the funding for yes. something like, like toilet shark, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. Lava spiders. And like, you know what be right. <laughs> who was, who was on board for Tyrannopus and Octo shark, you know? I think that is a real one actually, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that actually sounds familiar. That's the sad part. Oh, right. Uh, but the sad part is I still watch them, but I just, I'm like, oh, I do too. Man. My, 
my husband gives me such a hard time about it all the time because he's mm. like he says not only he goes you're killing brain cells first of all he goes and you're just encouraging these people mm. you're just encouraging them to make more <laughs> he goes and you're messing up our our movie streaming cues with your nonsense all the algorithms are all messed up now <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> All right, we're going to watch the serious documentary. Oh, well, look at that. There's Octo Shark versus, you know, like, oh, Lake Placid 27. It's like, okay. <laughs> right, right. All right. There is a there was Lake Placid versus Anaconda. I saw it. And I'm like, you know what? That actually sounds like a good you know, time. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I have a, I have a new low, though. Now I look for movies that have, you know, weird animatronics and puppets. Um, if, if a movie has puppets. Ooh. Uh, you'd think that you'd think that making the attempt at special effects, you know, where like the puppets are involved, you know, that 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 it could be kind of cool. And you'd be surprised how very, very wrong, how often <laughs> that is just a complete <laughs> mischaracterization. Oh, of yeah, yeah. It, puppets. <laughs> oh, it could look like it's painted on with a Sharpie and you're like, oh, <laughs> like, it, like I, some of them are just, you know, basically socks over a hand with with yeah. little googly eyes glued to them it's yeah then blood looks like it's oh, ketchup it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a whole new cinematic world out there oh uh, it's 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 one of those when you want to feel good about yourself a little bit yes mm -hmm. you're killing brain cells but at a certain point you run out is what i tell my wife you know at yeah. a certain point i don't have any more to burn and i'm still making exactly. stuff so here we <laughs> are <laughs> I, it is, and like you said, it's always good to look at that and be like, I could do that. I could write that better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. It's the sad part is my grandma's the one who, uh, uh, my dad's other family, Rita, she's the one who got me into all that stuff. Like, we watched, like, Placid, grew up with Godzilla Suit movie, like, the old Toho mm -hmm. ones. And she was like, there's this movie on here. Let's watch. And, like, she was religious on the Sci-Fi channel. Like, if I was over, she'd be like, I'm turning on Sci-Fi channel. What were you watching before? Nice. Oh, the House Network. Uh, the, or whatever, the HDN or whatever the hell it is. HDTV. There we go. Yep. And it, yep. it was that. And then she flipped to the blob. And I'm like, all right. And she's like, yeah, like, this is awesome. I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, he wants McDonald's? Yeah, let's go. She sounds like the coolest grandma ever. Oh, hell yeah. What We live in a great world. And, you know, when people like comics, like, we're, I'll tell you in comics for a second. Is we live in a great world is that she knows she's at home right now. I love her to death. I think she still listens. And she, you know, she knows who Ray Shal Ghul is. Like, that's the crazy world we live nice. in. And I, nice. she's like, is that where we're watching Gotham? And she's like, oh, is that Ray Shal Ghul? I'm like, first off, you didn't say Ra's al Ghul. That's even more concerning. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> And it's so like, holy shit. And she's like, oh, is that Mr. Freeze? I'm like, yes. <laughs> it is. I did you know. And she's like, I know this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you guys want to watch this new movie? Yeah. He's like, Godzilla's coming yeah, out. Can we go to the cool. theaters? Can you drive me? Yeah. I'll yeah. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> that uh, is awesome. Yeah. A crazy world we live in now. It just shows it. But um, kind of curious with you, Mary. <laughs> got to turn it on. <laughs> um, where did you because I always believe these are important to people like where did you get your start in writing like where was that origin story that you're like you know what I want to write stories that maybe get turned into lava shark who knows <laughs> well we always well I'm shooting for lava shark that would be the pinnacle of my career but <laughs> the um, love spiders. I I think for me I mean I always like to tell stories you know it's probably like one of those little kids that was always making up stories like I can remember I went to a Catholic school and I can remember writing out the like the plot summary or like the I guess you'd call it like the um you know like a little teaser of an idea I had in my head and I was passing notes with a, and one of the nuns like confiscated the note and she read it silently to herself because I guess she thought I was like you know saying 
something nasty or something. And, and oh, she, she stopped and she considered, she's like, that's not, a, that's not a bad idea for a story, but don't, don't what? be fast notes <laughs> now in English. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I, I, and then I worked at a bookstore because I, I had something of a misspent youth and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to have to have a job and not hang out with the hoodlums, you know, behind the mm. mall or something and smoke mm -hmm. cigarettes and drink beers, I said, I guess I'll work in a bookstore because I like, you know, I like stories. I like telling stories. And I remember, I mean, one of the perks of working at a bookstore and it was Brentano's. I mean, it, that should, that should be some indication of how old I am. I don't even think Brentano's exists anymore. Um, but I, I got to do, I got to be like in charge of different sections. So I was in charge of the horror section and the occult section mm -hmm. and the, the self-help section. And one of the things that you, you know, you did was you'd be in charge of, you know, realphabetizing and straightening. And sometimes you could hide back there and just read stuff. And I remember reading, I, I think it was like a foreword or an afterword to something Stephen King had done. And by then, you know, by then I was well into horror. I, I'd read uh, a lot of Stephen King stuff, uh, Clive Barker. I think I was first getting into Lovecraft, um, V.C. Andrews, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. And so, Mary, you mean to tell me Catholic school didn't stick? <laughs> it did not. Yeah. I, Catholic school, I think, was the first place I'd ever heard of The Exorcist and read pieces of it. It was like we had we had this sort of confiscated uh it's the secret copy of the exorcist who are passing it around reading you know, like <laughs> reading all the all the dark and evil parts <laughs> and you're like this is cool and they're like we have failed <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh, no, catholic school did not stick i applaud anybody who finds comfort in religion and and it gives them a sense of peace and a sense of purpose but it is not for me <laughs> yeah. but uh, i but i did i one of the things i one of the things Stephen king was talking about uh, was i guess at the time his agent was Kirby McCauley and he was talking about how he was sitting on his back porch and he and his agent were having lemonade and they were talking about writing and, and horror and, and creativity and the state of the genre. And I thought that sounds to me like a perfect life. Like it was the first time it had occurred to me that all these books and movies and things that I love, like somebody's job is to go out and make those, you know, to write mm. those books and make those films and, and it, I guess never really dawned on me prior to that, that it was a job you could have, like a thing you could do for a living. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's it. That's, that's what I want to do. So I started asking around, you know, like, well, well, if, okay, so how do I, you know, once I write a story, what do I do with it? And pretty much for like the next, I don't know, four to eight years, however long it takes you to get through high school and college and whatnot, they, they told me, well, you know, go to school you know, major in English, major in literature, major in writing, um, and go to the career placement office and see if they have an answer for you. And none of them did. It wasn't until I had my first job at a college where I saw a flyer for a New Jersey writers, because I grew up in New Jersey, a New Jersey writers group. And uh, I went to one of their meetings and it was basically those folks that taught me how to do everything. They taught me how to you know, format a manuscript and, and submit a query letter or, you know, which magazines I should be reading, where to find market listings for magazines that would accept fiction. And uh, that was that all, you know, all that, all that, you know, go to school, get an education. All that, it was not nearly as um, informative in the business aspects 
as going to those meetings once a month. Interesting. So you were it, it was it, it was definitely a journey then for you. I, I like that a lot. Like it was definitely like it started in school. You went to the bookstore, you started doing the meetings. Like it was definitely the journey and figured. And it's a that's a common story I would hear when I was doing more jobs in the film industry. You would hear that people are like, oh, wait, this can be a job. Mm -hmm. I, once you figure that out, everything I mean, I figured it out. And that's why I work in comics now. But like, you know, and being able to accomplish what you can. Once you have that realization, this can be a job. Like, oh, and there's people who I know, like in their 50s that are like, that's a job. Yeah, that's yeah. a job. And they had no idea. And like that would have changed my life forever. That would have yeah. changed everything. And you know, once you realize it's a job, you can strive to do it. That's a big part. Exactly. Of it. Exactly. And I was lucky. I mean, my parents were very supportive. They said, um, if you want, uh, you know, if you want to be a writer, that's good. If you want to write, you know, dark, depressing, spooky stuff, that's OK. <laughs> but have something to fall back on so that I, you know, it was kind mm -hmm. of a trade off, you know, where they said you, you need to go to college regardless. Um, but if you want to go to learn to be a writer, that's fine. You know, we just we want to make sure that, you know, you have what you you need to have to not starve to death. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> because, like, we want to make sure you eat. Like, you know, exactly. sort of thing. Yeah, have a roof over your head. It's not a box. That's sort of thing. One of the things they don't tell you in school or elsewhere till you're actually out doing it is that it's it's kind of a thankless job. It's a lot of rejection and oh, yeah. it's a lot of hustle mm -hmm. and you're not really guaranteed anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and it's a conversation when you tell people that who are not in the creative arts, we'll sum it up the creative arts business. Like when, mm -hmm. when you're not, when someone's not in there and you're telling them about it, like I had a conversation with my wife uh, and she's like, she is outdoorsy as well. Like we're both outdoorsy folk, but you know, she's, not and she's never done really anything in the creative arts and then i'm telling her about like oh yeah like you get rejected all the time especially when i was an actor mm -hmm. like you just you reject it you know as a writer like i've sent out scripts before you get rejected you do like it's just rejection 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 it's like you mm -hmm. win a million but you lose a billion and she's like why the hell do you do it and i'm like wow that's a good question <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. a very good question here love um uh, well because I, I i don't know uh <laughs> i mean more... you can't not do it it's exactly really yeah like, when it's, you, you know it makes you happy even though you get rejected, you still are happy about it. And if you're still pushing forward to do it um, and you can't. What was it? Greg Grumberg told me this on a set once. And it was and when I did a podcast with him once, too, and he said that, you know, once that moment comes where you're doing something and you say it's your dream and it's your love, the key to remember if it actually is, is you can't see yourself not doing it. And if you can yes. see yourself not doing it, then it's over. Then don't do it. Mm hmm. And that's a good way. It's actually a good way to look at it. Uh, Tom Piccarelli is an author. Uh, he had once said, if you were stranded on a desert island and you found yourself still writing stories with a stick in the sand, then this is the thing you're meant to do. You know, mm, that's um, good. And, and, and that's what that's I did. That was that was another eye opener. One of these at one of these writing meetings, Charles L. Grant was our guest. And he said, how many of you want to be a writer? So we all raised our hands. You know, we're all shiny and new. And he said, let me tell you what it's like to be a writer. And if you've never met Char Charlie, Charlie was a lot like the the horror writer equivalent of George Carlin. Oh, really? <laughs> you know? Like he had that kind of almost like a grumpy, I don't really give a damn if you like what I have to say kind of kind of personality. Uh, but he was mm. great. I mean, he was, you know, he was also very sweet and very, you know, very generous and giving in a lot of ways. And but he had said, he goes, okay, so he goes, let me tell you what it's like to be a writer. 
there will be lots of people who will never take the job that you have seriously. Hmm. They will, uh, they'll get mad that they think uh, you're writing about them and you're saying things unfavorable. You'll lose friends. You'll lose jobs. Uh, there will be times where you can't afford to pay bills. So you can't eat. You can't have, he goes, there will be times where you won't have heat in your house. You won't have electricity. They will shut things off on you. He goes, it will possibly destroy marriages. He goes, it will possibly destroy relationships with your children, with your family, with your friends. Um, and he's just laying it on thick. He's saying, here's all the things that can go wrong. He goes, you will constantly be rejected. You will constantly doubt yourself. You will constantly worry if you're good enough. He goes, you will constantly have to hustle to find the next book, the next job, the next thing to bring to bring money in. And then he pauses and he says, okay, how many of you still want to be a writer? How many of you can just not see yourself not being a writer? And, uh, you know, a few of us still put up our hands. He goes, okay, then you're the ones I'm talking to. Let me tell you how you can do this and do it as, uh, you know, feasibly as possible. Oh, damn. And then I he gave too. us, yeah, he gave us some great advice about like, you know, here's, here are the things to look out for. And, 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 but it was, it was sort of an eye opening thing that this is often a thankless job. But when you, when you know that you can't not do it, yeah. then you start planning on, okay, well, how can I do this? as painlessly as possible. How could I do this? So I optimize, you know, my best chances for success and the highs, like you said, like when you do, when you do sell something or you do get something made, you know, or you do get like a dream gig, you know, like the alien thing, like mm -hmm. it makes a lot of that stuff worth it. You know? Yeah. yeah. If you can surround yourself with people who understand that it is a job and that more than that, it's something that defines you, you know, it's something that is a part of who you are, mm -hmm. then it, that's like winning the lottery. When you get people who get you, you know, and you oh, surround absolutely. those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the greatest feeling as a creative, no matter what mm -hmm. you do, whatever you make, when it comes to life, like, yeah, shit, as in comics, like when you see that first artwork being done, even the pencil sketch, I, oh, mm -hmm. I have those saved on my phone. So everything. It, it makes you want to cry but when everything's completed yeah like um oh, yeah. yeah my books are getting printed soon and i'm so excited for that but like, you know and so i'm gonna and i told my wife like when i get it in the mail my copies i'm gonna ball and i'm like you can record oh yeah it. and it's gonna <laughs> ball because i've never had any of my books printed before and i'm working on a novel right now and when if that oh, were wow. hopefully that gets done uh it well when it gets done soon and when you know that hopefully gets published cross fingers um which i'll throw you the idea after the recording or later uh but it's it's like this whole thing like when you see it or like when we worked in film and i it's got to be the same with you too when you see it or you hold it it's something it's beautiful like you're like this is why yeah. i do it but then when people Absolutely. love it oh even when they hate it i still love it i'm like that means you still read it right exactly <laughs> you still exactly. read it you still part you, you still know, give me money there, there, there's like little there's like little almost like steps to writing nirvana you know it's like the first time I had a short story published, I was over the moon. You know, then the first time I got paid for something, you know, the first time my contributor copies of my first novel came in, I slept with the box on like beside me, like beside my pillow, you know? Really? Oh, that's amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's oh yeah, cool. I was so excited. And then it, then 
Hey guys, Dakota here, coming at you with a little ad break and ways that you can actually help support the show. Maybe asking how can the hell can you do this? Well, how you can do it is by going into the description for this episode, wherever you guys are listening, and clicking the link on there for Redbubble. That's right, folks. We have the store, and we used to have it and promote it a little bit more, but it's coming back now, folks. The Redbubble store for the Comic Chronicle podcast. Go to the link down below to support. You can get the Comic Chronicle logo, and as well as other logos I have created for the show, and for you to wear, for you to wear on bags shirts, sweaters, all stickers, magnets, all the stuff like that. You have Blockbuster Kid, Vigilante in Training, the podcast logo, and much more. So if you guys want to help support the show, go on over. Everything is 25% off for this year. We are doing that, guys, bringing it back for you and giving you guys a discount. So be sure to go over there, check it out, help support the show, and have some pretty good stuff. And now back to the show. It's like little things, like the, the first time somebody says, hey, you know, I just got through a divorce i was in the hospital whatever and i read your books and it got me through that wow you know first time somebody says you know i write books because i read you in high school (laughs) oh wow oh i haven't had that one (laughs) yet (laughs) that's gonna be scary (laughs) oh i don't know if i want that I don't know. Well, you know, like, oh. there's that moment where you're like, oh my God, how old am I? <laughs> how did I how did I get here? But <laughs> uh, but it does, it feels good to know that like you're doing for people what exactly. you know, like Stephen King did for me and yes. Campbell and Clyde yeah. Parker, you know. Yeah, it's not a feel famous. You like, you know, you don't feel famous. It's not like, oh, I want to be a feeling of feeling famous. It's like, no, you feel like you did good in the world like you put positivity yes, exactly. in the world and that's exactly. why I think people misunderstand they're like you just want to be famous i'm like i could mm-hmm. give a rat's ass if i'm famous i don't right. care you know as long as i can eat and as long mm-hmm. as i contribute some good in the world that's all that matters it's exactly. all, even if it's like when characters die like you know it's a whole thing about it like if <laughs> i know when my when the people when my artists and them can message me saying oh you killed this character? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, why? I'm like, oh, you're giving me this reaction. This ain't good. And this is, this is okay. Not good at all. Um, Kind of talking about it, though, too, is uh, we do got to mention it because you know, it was a good comic show. And I recognize you from one of your novels and then also from it. You did awesome. a work with Marvel, by the way. So, like, how was it kind of diving into comics for a little bit? Because you did Marvel and DC. So how was it transferring I... from novels to that? It, it was it actually, it was really cool. It was really fun. I, the first comic I did was for DC, actually. I did a, a horror comic, a Wonder Woman, like what if kind of thing for their House of Horror. And it was, it was awesome because it's a different kind of writing altogether um, in that, you have to, I guess, imagine, well, you would know, you have to imagine comics as like a series of still shots that uh, incorporate the most important things that you need to tell a story. Like when you're writing a novel, you can, you know, not not to, you know, not to make it sound bad, but you can kind of fill it up with, with other, like thoughts and transitional things yeah. and little word tricks and things like that. Uh, comics is a, a, distilled art you know where um you have to i think capture the the essence of movement at just the right time you know and and also uh like what goes into the narration and the dialogue Mm -hmm. has to be able to convey a lot uh, about characters to make them endearing and and make the make the thing make the story exciting. Like one of the I, I had realized because then I did some some ghost writing 
on other like graphic novel adaptations for folks. And um, I realized that not all stories translate well to comics. So that was kind mm -hmm. of interesting that, that if you want, like if you have two people and the whole short story is basically the two of them sitting by a fire talking, it can be a, a beautifully moving short story and a boring as hell comic. Oh, but man. you can do stuff in the background. Like if it's a horror thing, you can have like the shadows from the campfire doing things that the characters aren't noticing on the rock wall behind them. Or, you know, you can have uh, different panels bleeding into other panels or, you know, what you do with the close-ups of their facial expressions and things like that. And I like that challenge. I like the idea of uh, conveying something that normally I have 80,000 words to convey in 10 pages, you know, or even 20 pages. Uh, I, I like that challenge of, of trying to uh, tell a compelling story with a different tool set. And when I did the first comic for Marvel, that was exciting too because it's marvel you know it's oh like, yeah you're like wow oh, you, you get the email <laughs> you know? saying hey can you do this it's like oh for who oh oh marvel comics is wondering if oh yes <laughs> yeah. right. or even I'll dc i'd take any holy shit i'd take any of those emails like oh, automatically what is it and like oh okay you're gonna write wonder woman i don't know if i can do that but we're gonna try right right well that was that was sort of the intimidating thing is that i like the first first version of the script i did for dc um i didn't realize that um, DC and Marvel work more toward a T for teens kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I gave them something very R and they said, oh no, you, you have to cut out certain things here. He goes, we, we can't. First of all, he goes, I, he goes, I don't know how, you know, anybody sleeps next to you at night because this is scary that you've done this. Well, first but off, also... it's a box of my books. Thank you very much. <laughs> The books don't care. They love yeah. me anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when my husband gets, I get mad at my husband who's next to me. I just turn over and there's my books and I get happy again. Exactly. Here we are. That's why I go to sleep. And my five cats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I mean, it was, there was you know some some learning you know some learning curve about the the business side of it you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought I mean it was it was just fascinating. The, the editor that I had at Kensington that published uh, a series of my novels moved over to Marvel. And he said, oh. you know, if I can ever, you know, get you a gig with Marvel, you know, do you want me to let you know? I said, oh, absolutely. I said, I, I like doing comic stuff. And I kind of thought it was, not that he was just being nice, but kind of, you know, because I thought this is Marvel. They're, I, I, I could write 50 books, but I'm still new to Marvel folks. Cause I don't, you know, I've only done, you know, like a very limited number of comics. Yeah. But then he said, he goes, we're doing Marvel zombies and it's sort of a one-off kind of thing, you know, and would you like to pitch something? And I said, hell yeah. Yeah. So I got to do this Marvel zombies, this uh, Shaun of the She-Devil, um, who I think is a fascinating character. And and Kazar, I mean, it, it, it's, it was kind of, and I thought, you know, too, because they're sort of removed from the rest of the world and from a lot of the other marvel characters that i wouldn't have to worry about like stepping on toes like using people i wasn't supposed to or anything like that and it was it was like a great 
really great experience because I, I, you know, you're just constantly learning. You know, every time you write something new, you're constantly learning. And I think having written the alien novel, they thought, okay, well, she's done something for Disney before, so she can, you know, she can do this too. I think that's what got me in the door. That's what let my old editor, you know, that that I think they gave him per, like permission to let me do this because I I'd done something for Disney before. Yeah, and they're like she's got the um, chops and she's worked for a exactly. company. Like as soon as you do that one work for a company, people look at that and they're like, oh, you got published here. Okay, exactly. And then once you're kind of in, not so much with DC. DC, I tried to, um, I tried to get more work from them after the the horror and House of Horror thing. And at the time there was a lot of turnover so mm-hmm. i was never sure who to contact and i think i just got sort of lost in the shuffle but but marvel because of the zombie one now i'm doing one of the vampire ones with the, the new vampire thing that's coming out yeah so yeah. i'm doing a satana one. Oh, very nice yeah. Yeah. that's fun that's been fun because again i they, they're letting me use characters that haven't appeared say in the, the marvel cinematic universe so mm-hmm. and and in, in Satana's case, that only appear almost kind of like disjointedly in these weird sort of side projects. So I feel yep. like I have like almost free reign to do whatever I want with Satana. And um and that's been fun. Working yeah. on that script, that that's been a lot of fun so far. Oh, that's gotta be I mean, it's true when you get characters like that that you were just like, there's not that many things of them right now and they're like oh, okay mm-hmm. cool that allows you I, i'm gonna say it allows you a lot of freedom but i may be wrong on that but you know there's that thing of what i can i do with this like the possibilities has got to seem endless like satana like that's one you're like okay the stress has got to be there because okay who people are gonna be satana who who's this again because i right sadly you know <laughs> there is that people are like who the hell is this like let me tell you, kids. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, new one, new comic book fans. Here's Satana. Like to be able to have that, and that's got to be a little bit of stress. But I, it's got to be so much entertainment to do. Like it's got to be just so much fun. It is, and and you know the funny thing is, is I think I, especially coming off the alien thing, I think I worry so much more about continuity mm. than marvel seems to if that's <laughs> yeah, well, say, you yeah know? yeah we'll say to that uh, but it, that's yeah that's fair that's fair I mean, so I, it's so I, big it is it's so big and you know every time there's new artists and new writers there's sort of a, a shift and, and and most of what seems to constitute continuity is more like the legacy of of, of these characters so if i'm working on somebody that is less known um in a way I'm almost establishing some elements of the continuity maybe. And that's kind of cool. You know, that's, that's sort of fun. And I feel like, like the people who know, know, you know, and, and I like, I want to do right by them. So I have been doing some research, you know, but, but there is, there's a lot of, you know, and and, then Marvel's pretty good about saying uh, the, the little things I wouldn't think of. Like for, for example, I had, something honestly i can't remember exactly what it was but in the uh the zombie comic it was black right and black white and blood so it's a black and white comic that only the only color is red like where there's blood and stuff it's very metal it's a very metal it, concept it <laughs> it's very cool like, we gotta it's, say that like come on <laughs> like come on it's, cool. it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome but there was some description that i had given and they said well that's not really relevant because we're not going to see colors except for red 
you know, it was like things like little things like that, that like, and then you start seeing, okay, well, um, you know, I can only say so much because otherwise the narration bubble is going to take up the whole panel and you're not going to see any of the cool art. So yeah. it, it, it's been sort of an interesting thing, you know, and, and, and a collaborative thing, which also like when you're primarily, unless you have like a co-writer, which I don't often have, uh, uh, writing novels is a, a lone thing. And um, ultimately when you're writing original novel length fiction, you're the final say, you know, an editor can say, well, you know, you need to fix this or we'd prefer you take this out because it's too much or, you know, or we'd like to see it go in this direction. But ultimately, it's up to me how I do that and if I do that. Yeah. And so it's been interesting to sort of let go of the reins a little bit and say, OK, put a fight scene here and not feel that I have to describe to the artist what every little inch of the panel should look like. I mean, you want to give them obviously, you know, some direction, like this should be a fight scene between this person and this person. Maybe this stuff is happening in the background, but, uh, but it almost feels like cheating to me a little bit to just be like, just in include in the, in the script, just like, um, you know, a fight breaks out with, you know, the zombie dinosaurs and the, uh, you know, the good guys and yes. and just sort of let the artist fill that in for you, you know? Yeah. Cause you're not given that giant description and you're like, Oh, I like cannot trying to describe it. Like you would in a novel. You're just like, this thing happens here, but then you get, to, exactly. when, it comes, when you see it and you're like, Oh my God, that gets better than I could have written. <laughs> you're like, right. I feel right. that a lot. Like I write five different series for SGGS comics. Let me tell you, like whenever I get a panel, I'm like, I put it in there. I'm like this thing, this character looks on or like this battle. One of them is a giant monster book. Right. So mm. when I put like, oh, monster attacks thing here and then you see it, you're like, I couldn't even describe what I'm looking at right now. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, that's I to feel like you're cheating. I've never heard anybody say that before. <laughs> well, because you know, in, in a novel, it's like I, I don't want to. I can't gloss over that because, you know, like I, I no. need to put the details in so that they can see what I'm seeing. And, you know, uh, it's almost like chore choreographing it for a novel. Yeah. But for the comics, I can get away with just putting in the script. Like, I want to see a big battle here. It'd almost be like, um, like, like to use, like, say, Lord of the Rings as an example. I, I, mm -hmm. I want a big battle here between, you know, Gondor and the elves on one side and you know orcs and goblins on the other side and that artist is going to create this super detailed you know big splash page battle scene that you know and capture their facial expressions and like the stuff in the background and the stuff in the foreground where like in a novel I'd have to describe all that otherwise it's almost like you know write it or pictures or it didn't happen you know write it or it didn't happen yeah, yeah. um but in a comic book, I can just say, okay, I, I, I'd like a battle scene here. And and part of it is relying on the artist, trusting the artist to do what I imagine, to still convey the emotions and things I want to convey. Mm -hmm. But that's like kind of where my job ends with comics, you know, and the artist's job begins. And I've been lucky so far, thank God, that uh, all the comics I've done, the artist's just seem to naturally have a knack for what I want to happen, you know, for what I want to, you know, convey in the facial expressions or, you know, yeah. and all I have to do is say, you know, sh you know, she looks upset or she's, you know, worried about her child, something like that. And, 
they're the ones doing like the job that I guess actors would do. Like if you're writing a, a movie script, you know, they're mm. that you have to trust that the actors are conveying the emotion and that they're conveying the uh, the movements the right way, that they're getting the subtleties of the character. In a book, I'm defining all of that. But in a comic, I'm trusting the artist to define based on the prompts I'm giving them. So yeah. it's both like a little nerve wracking, but also like a little bit freeing. Like I can say, hey, okay, just, you know, I'm trusting you to to take this ball now and run with it and, you know, keep the momentum going. And, and I, like you yeah. said, when you see an artist's interpretation of something you've written, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so, you're just, you're filled with joy. I also got to say mm -hmm. to that, Mary, is the reason why you're a published writer is because I've never thought about it like it's like a film script and it's with the actors and the artist. No wonder you're published somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, here's the I even worked in the movie business. And holy shit, I never even put those two together. Right. I, oh, my God. Wow. All right. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's true. I always have a fear, though, and I don't want to take too much more of your time. We've been talking for a while, but, like, you know, I, I, my big fear is like I don't want to write too much and make it. I don't want to make the artist's life hell. I don't want to make his right, life a living right. hell because you're like, oh, this really cool scene. And the artist is like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? <laughs> you want what? Uh, 40 people in a scene? In the right. It's not the Clone Wars. No, that ain't gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just you want to make sure you don't do that. Oh, I, man. I, you know, I do. You know, not that you mention it's funny because I do feel a little bit bad. The first, the first comic I did for Marvel with the zombies, um, there is a big fight scene with like you know oh, zombie, no. <laughs> uh, zombie dinosaurs and zombie people and you know even you know zombie Kazar and and Zabu and. Um, against like the the Aries, you know, like the the the, the bird people yeah. and the uh, and you know and the other good guys and they're and, and the artists did these sort of beautiful like you know fight scenes with the with the Aries swooping down on on the zombie dinosaurs and um you know all kind of, and, and this one too it's gonna be a huge fight scene in a club <laughs> <laughs> It just sort of works out that this is the setting is this bar oh. that Satan runs. It's like I am just hell on artists. <laughs> so you meanwhile, you're just gonna say and you're like, oh, I, the artists have done such a great job and whatnot, and like no one's ever said anything bad. And meanwhile, there's like a club of like, all right, guys, Mary, what do we think? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh God, this is the Mary support group. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you hear on that podcast the other day? Everyone saying like, oh, no one's ever giving a shit. Mm, right, Marvel. Marvel's puts a call out for artists for me, and they're like, "Not it, not <laughs> yeah, it." Yeah, no, 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 no. reject. They're like, "You want to do your first time job at Marvel?" Nope. <laughs> so nope. Right here, we're good. Uh, put in spam folder. Oh, sorry, I missed it. <laughs> My bad. Oh man, I you like like I said, we didn't take too much of your time, but I do gotta ask though, yeah. so, like, what? I, as a, a writer, as a fellow writer, like, is there anything you think you want to do still? Like anything like your own ideas you want to put out there? Is there anything like IP you want to still touch? Because you've, you've done DC, Marvel, Alien, like you've done a few different big wig things already just to name those few. Like, is there anything you want to touch, whether novel or even comics? There's a couple. There are a couple, actually. Okay. Uh, some of them, I don't know if they're even licensed. Like, like I know that Titan has the uh, license for Conan the Barbarian. Ooh. And bef 
for horror fantasy was my first love especially like sword and sorcery and uh well sword and sorcery and high fantasy which i know kind of are almost like two opposite ends but um but i loved all that if i could do a conan novel that would be awesome i would love to do that um because i think i could do it in a way that's both true to, to sort of robert e howard's vision of conan but not completely racist sexist <laughs> you know yeah i know what you mean I think let I me save you damsel you know, now will we both and then no we won't <laughs> i could i could make it something you know that that is palatable but still you know true to the way that that the audience sees conan and and of course silent hill i am the biggest oh, silent hill geek and if they would let me do a silent hill comic or a silent hill novelization I could nail it. I'm Googling this right now. Is there any Silent Hill books? There are like, they're almost, there are graphic novels, like little small graphic novels. Really? Um, And and, and I, there, but there, and there's like little novelizations of things, but like, it seems more it's in like a graphic novel format. And I think, I think it's IDW that does it. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. IDW. Yeah. It looks like IDW is the one that did it there. And you're right. There is a few of Silent Hill downpour. Interesting. Yes. I, I I've seen my dad play it. Silent Hill when I was a kid and oh, I love it. It's oh, so, it's, oh, it is. Oh. It is. And, and cause I'm, I'm a huge cosmic car, like cosmic car is my jam, you know? And I, I just, I think Silent Hill is just so beautifully done. I mean, I like even the games that like other people don't like, you know, I, uh, I can like, you know, the, you know, like the comic book guy in the Simpsons, I can well actually anybody about like, you know, Silent Hill. (laughs) Oh, you're that deep. in. I love that. That You're that person. They're like, what hill is Mary dying on today? Silent Hill. Uh, That's it. That's the hill. Everyone's got one. And you're like, nope, Silent Hill's mine. Mine's Jurassic. And you're like, here's nope, Silent Hill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I would love, I would love to do that. And and honestly, I, you know, I, I would, I'd like a hand at, you know, maybe doing, like movie scripts, you know. Mm. But I, 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 admittedly, I find that a little intimidating. But I've mm. also found that if you're going to have a lasting writing career, you have to just almost stupidly just go for it you know if even if it's something that intimidates you you just gotta do it anyway hey guys to go to here with a little bit of an ad break for you and right now you may be wondering how can i make a little bit of extra cash while supporting the podcast well let me tell you how the saloon doors are open folks you guys can support the comic chronicle podcast by having an ad in the show that's right folks you guys can take a break from my annoying ass voice and have an ad for your thing here on the show to make things clear not doing things political because we don't really get political on the show that much so if you guys do enjoy the show and you want to give a little bit to the show while also making some cash back for whatever it may be for you or supporting something that you do whether it's a youtube page a podcast a book whatever it may be the upcoming event i can put an ad in for you guys whether make it myself or you have a pre-recorded ad that is up to you now if you guys want to do an ad here in the podcast you can go and email me at filmworld that's filmworld97 at gmail.com email me there we can work out all of just so if you guys want to support the show and support your thing as well, come on down. And guess what, folks? Email that email. Now, let's get back to the show. If the opportunity comes up, you say yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was uh, there was a buddy of mine. He said, uh, was, um, yeah, he, he was saying, actually, not too long ago, it was like, we as writers, 
if you stick to one thing only, like say you're a novel writer, right? I mean, you clearly, Mary, you've done more than novels. And if you just stick to novels, you're never going to go anywhere. You're going to, yeah. your career is going to be short-lived if you have one. And mm-hmm. you have to evolve and do different stuff. And if you don't, then you're going to go nowhere. And it's like, you know, it's very true. It's yeah. very, very true. I mean, when I was a script writer, you know, I'd turn in scripts for whatever film things and, you know, even did a fan film at one point and then I went to comics and then did audio dramas. And like, and people are like, well, I thought you were just writing scripts for films. Like, no, you got to move on. Like, you got to adapt, evolve. And we love mm-hmm. what we do, obviously, going back to that. But you have to do it. And it also makes you a better writer, too, when you switch. Yes. I, at least I think because it evolves how you tell stories. It evolves like character development. It, it, it evolves so much of how you just tell a story when you switch absolutely. different mediums. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you and you, I think, get a, a, a better appreciation for um, different storytelling formats, you know, yes. and, and how hard it is. I mean, just to put an independent film, a 10 minute independent film together. I mean, I know, I, I, I know, and I do enjoy watching the terrible things and I do enjoy kind of, <laughs> kind of laughing at the terrible, but I have also in what little forays, you know, like what I've done for comics, you know, the filmmakers that I know, the independent filmmakers and stuff and the script writers and um, a lot goes into it that I think when you're just a consumer of something, you don't realize like how much, mm work and effort and how many especially when it's the the more collaborative it is um i think the more you know the more you know plates you have spinning up in the air there that i i think you get a a, a new appreciation for the people who do that and yep. like you said you're, you're building your skill set so you become a more versatile uh commodity i mean for lack of a better word so that when a job does come up you know and and you are looking for you know, the next thing to pay your bill so that, you know, you can make this as viable and painless a career as possible, then mm. you can do it and you can do it with confidence and you can turn something in that you'd be proud of. See, I, I think that, and, and uh, it, I think that the, the opportunities that I've had for, you know, comics and the alien novel and, you know, uh, some other projects coming up, I, I treat them as, not just an opportunity and and and, and this, is, this is almost going to sound pretentious and I don't mean it I really don't mean it that way but it's an opportunity for me so I take that seriously because it's my reputation on the line but if I do something good you know if I turn in something good then mm-hmm. maybe the next time an opportunity comes up like that people will say well she did it and she's a woman so you know, maybe we should let, you know, women have this opportunity to do more of these because, well, Mary did it and it wasn't terrible. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It's not really pretentious. Let me say that right now. That's just being professional <laughs> shit. Let's just be honest here. Like outside looking out for you. You got to look out for you, too. Like, yes, there's the team efforts, but you have to look out for you. And, you know, in a guy, I don't have to. I don't it. No, I should make it clear as a man. I don't have to worry about certain shit like that as a woman writer like yourself has to worry about. But like, oh, a woman did it. So Mary did it like, yeah, I, that's the thing I don't ever have to worry about. So that's why I give kudos to every every female writer I know, because like it's also a lot harder for you guys, it seems like. And it's like a little bit of difficulty with it. Like, oh, female writer. Like, how does she know? I, it seems like that's still a thing. And I wish it wasn't. But, you know, I always like I said, I give kudos to anybody in the industries. But as female writers, it's definitely a little bit more difficult, it seems. It is. And thank you. You know, thank you for uh, for that, because it, 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 it's certain areas of the business 
that it's still tough for us to break into. And Which is stupid, I should say. It's very stupid. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's almost like there's there's still um, a very narrow perception of what women turn in when they turn in work in horror. Mm. Um, and and it, it's... I, I, it, it's almost like we just need a couple of opportunities to break that surface tension so that we can get in there and say, you know, look, you know, you wanted, because it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a business and it's an entertainment business. So part of it's who you know, and it makes sense that people who are, you know, for, again, for lack of a better way of saying, who are sort of gatekeeping, like say, uh, movies and television and, um, and, you know, comics or script writing or, you know, certain parts of the business that are still sort of, you know, because they have traditionally been male dominated, still sort of are. Um, yep. uh, we just need those opportunities to say, yes, we can turn in the work that you want. We can turn it in on time. We're easy to work with. Um, and if you keep giving us opportunities, then we will have the name recognition to be, uh, you know, something that if you add us to your project, we can help sell it. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll bring in the fans, we'll bring in the viewers, we'll bring in the readers, you know. Exactly, um, exactly. And it's just a matter of breaking that that surface tension, getting in that one, you know, that one thing that starts to shift the whole, um, mm. the whole viewpoint and, you know, make more opportunities. Uh, I think it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I was going to ask, has it gotten better? It has. Okay. Oh, it absolutely has. Um, when I started uh, moons ago, <laughs> when I started, I, there was still people who, you know, really had no qualms about like trying to proposition you sexually, you know, in mm. exchange for a publishing contract. There were still people who thought, well, she's a woman, so she's probably a groupie. Um, you know, it was, yeah, it was a lot, a, a lot of that kind of crap where, you know, it, it it was almost and that was that was the worst end of it the best end of it was that we just weren't thought of nobody mm -hmm. thought oh hey let's ask so-and-so because they were thinking of writers they knew writers they recognized that known quantities yeah. and women just weren't that because we hadn't been around long enough um and since then i see because i don't want to be I don't want to be known as, you know, well, she's she's a great female horror writer because that's qualifying it. I just want to be a horror writer. You know? Yeah, you, just, yeah, yeah you which know? is what you are. I, like, you're just you're just a writer. It's not you don't need to say he's like, cause how stupid would it sound of? He, oh, he's a great male horror writer. Well, that doesn't exactly. sound right. But then so why does a great female horror writer sound right? Like, that doesn't make any sense to exactly. me at all. I uh. think well, the, the, the best we can do for, you know, a level playing field across like genders and, and races and orientations is is for when we can get to a point where I am not the best of a small pool of people you're pulling from mm -hmm. I'm I'm just as good as anybody in the greater pool that you're pulling from and yeah. we're all working you know what I mean and and that's that's kind of what I, I I'd like to shoot for is just you know continuing to do these things so that eventually it's I don't get the gig because they need a woman writer. I get the gig because they need a writer and they know they can count on me to deliver something that they want. I love that. That's that's what I think a lot of writers should aspire to right there. And it's what a lot of people should aspire to in general in this. But I, that's, oh, that's beautiful. 
Honestly, Thank you. it's Thank you. yeah, it's it's true though, and I hope people take qualm in that for people who are listening in the business because I know you guys are out there. You hire big wigs. You still haven't hired me for jobs, but listen to Mary for this because it's, I mean it's true. Like and to say it as well too, I honestly like I don't know because we were saying the quality, but it's a lot of horror that I read that I love mm-hmm. is by female writers. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it. Like it's the, it's the, like a lot of the best horror is female writers and. Is it because females go through a lot more shit in life than males do? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, fully, I will fully say that one. And, you know, that's what I say to be able to be right, better horror, maybe. But, you know, it's the thing about why separate people in that way. I mean, one, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, and it's blatantly obvious, is it's 2024. What the fuck? And, <laughs> you know, we live in the future. We have brain chips going on right now. And you mean to tell me? me like oh well the best female writer really come on what it's not 1820 get out of here right. Right. what's going on here <laughs> we have a moon base about to be built and you mean to tell me we're still going to separate on gender for writing are you kidding me what are we exactly. doing <laughs> what's going exactly. on exactly oh and we could do we could do a whole show on it we really could but, oh yeah um, oh mary basically- how about this we can bring you back on the show and we'll talk just about that because we i i if you ever want to do it just let me know Anytime, anytime. Oh, <laughs> shit. We do, we're going to have to call it here. Um, so we'll end it here. But for people, come on, that may be a thing. Uh, and so where, Mary, can you want to promote for yourself right now that people can go pick up? Because we're near the end of the show here. Like I said, don't want to take too much of your time. And we've been talking for almost an hour. So I just <laughs> I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, shit. We were, and we were getting really deep. And I'm like, we can't do that right now because we're going to look at the timer. <laughs> This is gonna be the my wife and I call time blindness, and we're gonna be like, this is a two-hour show, and everybody's wondering if we're dead. Because <laughs> I can talk, I do, I, I can talk, and, oh, and I sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, you and gotta I rain me back in. Yeah, you but, and I um, both. That's the problem. <laughs> we're, we're all like, oh. <laughs> um, what would you like to promote, Mary? <laughs> I would. Okay, so I have a short story collection that I wrote with my husband Brian Keen. Um, it's kind of a good That's sampler cute. of. Uh, the sort of range that both of us have and that's called things left behind that's available uh that's available now i have a i'm really excited about a haunted house novel i have coming out soon from thunderstorm press i don't know the exact date but it's called the everywhere house and it's got a sort of unique i think cosmic horror twist on haunted house stories really excited about that um, and then I also just finished a novella with uh, fellow author Ed Lee, Ooh. which is a sort of Lovecraftian. It's it's funny and a little bit of gross and creepy, and I'm just very excited about that. That's probably not coming out till 2025 though. But uh. um, but I know folks who are Ed Lee fans are they were wondering about, uh, and of course I have uh, you know, as, as we talked about the um, Marvel. Black, White, and Blood zombie story. I have, I'm in issue four, which is out now. And I will be in the Marvel Vampires. Um, I I think it's going to be a while, though. Um, I don't think it's it's due right away, but it's going to be a Satana story yeah. for the Marvel Vampires. I've seen it in the solicitations, and I think it's a while out. Yeah. And um, we should also make it clear, too, what is the name of the alien book that we've talked about? Because <laughs> we Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the alien book is called Alien Enemy of My Enemy. And for role playing folks out there, if you like role playing games, it comes with a module at the end that is based on something that happens in the novel, which I also think is cool cool, because I'm an old school D&D nerd. So 
Yeah. I you know what? Anytime in a novel includes like a map in front of it, like the lost mm -hmm. world did and like Michael Crichton did with all that. I I cry. I'm like, this is beautiful. I'm like, thank you. Because this is it's so nice. Cause then you can be like, oh, you can turn to it in the story, or you can go to yes. it, or you know, or it's like it just makes it more feel more real. And you got an idea of what to build in your head for your imagination. Like, oh, it's awesome. Oh, I love that sort of thing. I agree. I oh. agree. Or even pictures. I'm a sucker for pictures in a book, like mm -hmm. the center of a book. There's like, here's these pictures. Like, oh, sucker for it. Every time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm easy to please. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my wife proposed. She's like, ah, he's easy. <laughs> she's fine. She's like, no, I, I agree. Oh. I agree with you. Oh, man. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, we're so, we're so easy to shop for for Christmas, Mary. <laughs> like, we're, we're we the really easy. Are. To my family who said I'm the hardest one to shop for for Christmas my whole life, you guys are full of shit. And then you never pay I attention. I know. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm the easiest person. I'm the easiest person to shop for. And yeah. it, when in doubt, Amazon gift cards. I'm yes. all about it. Because then I can buy all that kind of stuff myself. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point. Uh, Mary, where can people find you at two if they want to find you on the internet? Sure. I am still lingering although i'm not sure why on the tire fire that used to be twitter um oh i call it triple x now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm on instagram blue sky uh i have a website marysangiovanni.com uh and i have a newsletter so if you go to the website you can subscribe to the newsletter on substack and uh i try to send something out once a month just uh hey here's what's going on and uh here are some cosmic horror recommendations and you know that kind of thing very nice. I like that. I like newsletters. I got to sign up for that because I like when following other creators on their uh, newsletters and I and I read yeah. them and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like I get stuff for scientific publications because I work in a science field, obviously. And and then I love a creator's newsletters. because like, you know what? Good on you. I'm happy to see you're still working and still yes, doing what you love. Like absolutely. That's what I love about those. And people are like, oh, where can I find them next? I'm like, you know, what? I'm just happy to see you work and you're, and you're alive <laughs> and doing well. And, you know, exactly. and do what you love. <laughs> what matters. All righty, Mary. Well, I will let you get going here. So again, thank you for coming on the show. This has been a blast. And oh, absolutely, anytime. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we. You know what? Whenever you want to do it, let me know. Whenever you think the time is right for it, because I feel like we could really time it right for society. Oh, yeah. Whatever happens, especially this upcoming years in America, we definitely can do it. Of oh, doing definitely. having that talk, we need to have that talk. It's <laughs> it's good. Oh, you know what? And I can't even believe I almost forgot this. If you don't mind me, just plug in one more thing. Of course. Um, uh, my husband and I just opened a bookstore. It's a horror, science fiction, and fantasy. Are you shitting me? Comics. Yeah. Oh. Just we've been open for a little over a week now, and of course we sell our books there, and we sell um, comics. Old. Oh, we're starting. We're going to start up with some new comics too. So if you go to vortexbooksandcomics.com, um, we're in central Pennsylvania, but we're going to have events. We're not too far from Maryland. We're not too far from Philly or Harrisburg, uh, New York City or Washington, D.C. We're all kind of like within driving distance of that. Um, but we sell our books. We sell other horror and some hard, hard to find old school stuff. And so it's uh, and we have a newsletter, too, for that. It's it, that has like an, an events calendar. So it's Vortex Books and Comics dot com. That's the cutest shit. I have heard. I love you. Have no idea how much. My wife now has competition. <laughs> she, she, she is. We we got still. I'm calling her out right now. I, that, that's, that's. I mean, I can't say shit because we do national park tours all the time. So there is that. But like you know, we. Oh, that's. You can't see my reaction because we're on like we don't have to do the video. But Mary, that is. Like, I love that. 
I want, oh, I want thank you. you guys got to do like posters. Like if you do merchandise, like send me, shoot me an email. Cause I will buy merchandise. I was oh, sure. Yeah. I'll, definitely. I'll post it around and I'll wear stuff. That's cool. Oh, awesome. Thank you. We're working on getting the vortex books and comics t-shirt. Oh, yes. Um, so we're going to have that and you know, probably like little mugs and uh, stickers and things like that. I know he's, uh, he's working on that end of, of doing the merchandising stuff, but yeah, we're really excited. We want it to be, a destination kind of place and we want yeah. to have um you know just like a, a like a nice little community there where you know folks can come and talk about like this kind of stuff the stuff they love so yeah that's in in person too it's not just an online group thing it's like actually exactly. go in person talk to oh beautiful thing oh it's wonderful it's like the internet cafe but for horror fans i love it exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the coolest thing <laughs> yeah i'll take any of the merch i post pictures whenever i read stuff i'm like oh let's check this book here or like reading this thing or like start of the day and i usually post a picture of my coffee within like a mug so i can easily oh, nice. i can easily snip in some you know, your guys's mugs in there say the oh, least oh nice but, yeah nice. we're thank we're, you we're a big mug household here too we got a lot we got too many <laughs> we, got, <laughs> we got way too fucking many mugs <laughs> Oh God! Well, okay, we got to end, America. It's like so we'll keep going. All right, uh, you rock, Mary. Again, thank you for coming on, and oh, thank you will... for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, likewise. I'll let you know when the episode comes out. I think it's it's really going to be tomorrow. So I got some editing to do with sound waves okay. and all that. But yeah. Oh, thank you, Mary, for coming on. Uh, oh, I will thank talk you. to thank you, you later. This was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you have all a good right. one. Okay. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye bye.